Hello and welcome. Coming to you from Microsoft's legal team's offices where somebody probably just got fired. I'm Josh. And I'm John, and I've got some double stuff nutty buddies. But I think it's just the same as single stuff. <laughs> this is the Geek ETC Podcast, where we dive into all things you can geek out about. Hello, friend. Hi, friend. Welcome back. I know. Good to hear your voice, sultry and smooth, and uh, being with you here on the podcast. I don't know that I would describe it as that, but, you know, I'll take it. Someday, in the infinite, like, uh, as, as many listeners as we'll have one day, somebody will think that about your voice, Josh. One out of the however many. You know, we might have gotten some fan mail. Who knows? In like in like ten years, when we've got like, you know, a couple thousand listeners, yeah, or like a million listeners, or we're like right right after uh, Rogan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we'll ever do that, but yeah, I don't want to claim to be that that top of the list, but you know, we'll be modest at least. It seems like a busy, seems like busy work to me. Exactly. Yeah, that's a little that's a little crazy. At least have some free time. Yeah, I got the I got these the double. I was like, I was walking through the store hungry. I just got done rolling, and um, rolling for people the uninitiated meaning jujitsu. Jujitsu. Just got done with the jujitsu class. I was hungry. Walking through the store, I just got a phone call about a promotion at work. Really oddly timed. And then, um, as I'm walking through, um, I see. Nutter butters, like the nutty buddy things, like the cookies. And well, now uh, I need some explanation because there's nutter butter and stuff. nutty buddies. Well, the, the cookies, the cookies, so the they're the like peanut shaped cookie things. Okay, yeah, because there's those, yes, and then there's like yeah. the, the wafer to... things covered in chocolate. Yes, which is like little Debbie snacks. And it said that they were like double stuff. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting because peanut butter is my favorite part. And so I want like, you know, I don't like the cookies. I just want the, the peanut butter. You know, you could just and eat peanut butter as well. I almost did. Yeah, I almost did. <laughs> um, but sure enough, I opened it up. They don't look different. It's not like a double stuff where there's like a noticeable difference. And the taste is the same. Like if I gave you one, you would... Like, if I gave you a double stuffed Oreo and you'd only ever had double, like, regular Oreos, you'd be like, what's up with this package, right? Right. But this time with the Nutty Buddies or whatever they are, Nutter Butters, they're like, um, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know the it's difference. It's not that much I'm of an incremental jump. It's not. Whoever, Nestle or whoever just messed up and made me sad. And I've watched that Netflix documentary on Where's My Jet, Pepsi or whatever, Pepsi, Where's My Jet? And to say that I'm also thinking about suing somebody is understatement. I have no idea what you're talking about, but it was from the, uh, there was a points thing in like the eighties where they were like, had giveaway points. And on one of the commercials, it was like Harrier jets, 7 million points. And it was supposed to be some like unreachable thing, but they never had a disclaimer on it. So this oh, dude no. figures out a way, he figures out a way to get the points. Like you can actually just go online and buy the points. And he's got a rich friend. And so they have the requisite number of points plus the ones they purchased on there. And they're like, give me my Harrier. And Pepsi, like, it was a huge legal battle. Wow. Put that fine print on there. Otherwise, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah, it was really, it, it was like a, it's like a four-part documentary on Netflix. It's kind of funny. Dang. Um, yeah. It's, it's, like a, it's like a jovial-themed thing. It's, it's fun to listen to. Is that but where the F thirty five disappeared to? <laughs> I I don't know. Have we found that yet? I thought I saw something about that it was found, but I I haven't looked into it to to find out. As but, someone who has never flown an F thirty five or any plane for that matter, uh, I've seen I you fly like planes. F it was in true. Battlefield three, but and I'm good at it. But F thirty fives, I think they're trash. Just gonna be honest with you, the F twenty two Raptor, that's the that's the way to go. Uh, you yeah. know, A ten. This F. Well, the A ten's a little outdated. I think yeah, they come up with something else. But like the the F thirty five, come on, man, just just 
scrap that program. It's a trash program, like the Osprey program um, with the Marine Corps. Like, how many more people have to die until like we we retire the V twenty two Osprey? Silly. Yeah, what I had heard, and I could be completely wrong about this, was that like the started losing control of all the systems and was kind of forced to eject out of the plane yeah. or something. And because the plane is built for stealth and and like to like dissuade radar and all this stuff, like as soon as he ejected, it basically just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Like it just they couldn't see it on radars and stuff. So it was just gone. Which also poses an issue because there are pure powers of ours, i.e., the uh, for the United States at least, uh, which would be China. You got Russia. Well, maybe Russia, but you got place people that are like have stealth capabilities with fighter jets and um, we should be able to detect those. So yeah, a little disappointing. And there may be a chance that we probably can and just don't tell anybody about it. Well, I don't think they would have put out there. They're like, Hey, if you see our missing jet, us air force, give us a call at this one 800. I wonder how many silly calls they got. Right. I mean, like I said, I thought I heard, Somewhere that somebody said they found it in South Carolina. So, I don't know. I believe that. But that would be pretty wild just to be wandering through the woods and come across an F-35. Like, what that? I would love it if it landed in my backyard. I would have... They would have been like, hey, what happened to the gun on this thing? Where's the <laughs> Where's the Vulcan cannon at? I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, where's the no 35 idea. millimeter like Vulcan cannon or whatever? Don't look in my garage, whatever <laughs> you do. What is the big drag mark through the grass leading right to the house? <laughs> exactly. And why are the um, wheels on your wheelbarrow broken? <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with that. Uh, so tell me what's going on. So I, you, you mentioned that you wanted to talk about this Xbox leak today, yeah. and I legitimately don't know anything about it. Uh, well, yeah, so it's apparently touted to be one of the biggest leaks in video game history. Okay. So, essentially, there's like an ongoing uh, trial, Microsoft versus the Federal Trade Commission, and mm, then isn't that who Qui Gon and Obi Wan went to see? Yeah, they got uh, trapped in the room of gas, and it was a whole <laughs> thing. Microsoft's trying to sue them because of that. Ah. So yeah, it's a problem. But there were, as part of this trial, there were documents submitted and made publicly available, but somebody, I don't know if it's a legal team or exactly who submitted or something, but somebody forgot to redact anything. And there's a ton of stuff in there. Interesting. The the documents, I think, it's like a slideshow, and and I think it was from, like, 2020. So it's a few years old, and Phil Spencer, the the head of Xbox, uh, um, came out and, like, did a whole thing where he basically said, like, we hate to see our stuff, you know, info come out like this, but, um, you know, just so you know, like, because that's been a while, a lot of things in there have changed. Didn't really specify whether there's timelines or if things that were in progress aren't anymore or, you know, whatever. But a lot of this stuff, you know, has changed, but it's still a lot of interesting info. Elder Scrolls 6 coming 2027. Yeah, so Elder Scrolls 6 is in here. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah. That that actually is part of it. Um, so is this where I read? I I saw a brief thing where it was like Phil Spencer really wants to buy Nintendo. Is yes. that what it's about? okay? All right, that's from this. Um, oh, right there, yeah, yeah. So uh, essentially, one of the big things was a new Xbox coming next year. So. Here's a the graphic of it. Um, it looks like a it looks like an Amazon Home. That's the easy, that's the first thing I've heard everybody else refer to it as. It, it looks like either an Amazon Home product or an Apple product. Yeah, it's 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 basically like an Xbox Series X, but you you cut all the corners off and made it a cylinder. So it's very round, but it's and it's codenamed Brooklyn, and there the the slide touts it as an Xbox Series X refresh. And the biggest part of it is that there's no disk drive, so they're ripping out the disk drive and making it all digital. Okay. So it's essentially an all digital version of the Series X, 
but they're saying that you know by they're taking that away but they're giving it a two terabyte hard drive so that's whoa one that's one of the upgrades from it um in addition to that you get faster wi-fi which was like wi-fi 6 but which kind of sucks because like literally a couple days ago wi-fi 7 was announced from intel so (laughs) you know but again if this was from a few years ago maybe they've that's one of those things that's already been updated who knows yeah, you would think they would work with each other on that. Right. Um, but they, uh, uh, it's going to have like reduced power usage, you know, for all the kind of, you know, green, you know, side of things and all that. Um, let's see. Yeah, Wi Fi, better uh, Bluetooth 5.2 Bluetooth. So that would mean, you know, things could. You know, everybody's had the instance where they try to sync their Xbox controller to the console and it just, it doesn't work. You'll do it 15 times and it won't sync and then you'll try it once and it will. Yeah. So, you know, it'll lead to hopefully better stuff with that. Um, let's see. You got a USB-C front port with power delivery. So I'm guessing that means you could, like, you could charge your phone from the Xbox, I guess. Well, could, I guess because you have a wire, is that for also any wired controllers or no? The USB yeah, I mean, is too you, small. Or, or no, yeah, you could have a, I guess that, that is what that is, is you can just plug your, you can do that now. You can plug your uh, controller into the Xbox and charge it. So I guess it's mm-hmm. just saying it's the same deal. It, it, the, I think the change is from USB-A to USB-C, but it can still charge your controllers. Um, The kind of oddball thing about it is that they in their in their slide they list it as the same great price of four ninety nine, but you know, a lot of people are thinking you know you're taking out the hard drive and completely isolating any of those gamers who prim- there's still people who you know operate from going to the store and buying a physical disc and playing off of it, and so none of those people will be able to use this with their discs, and they're still you know you're taking out that big hardware thing and you're still keeping it the same price. Like I could understand, you know, maybe not going to three ninety nine, but maybe like four forty nine, kind of yeah. thing. At least like fifty bucks for the hard drive, or I me mean for the disk drive. But you know, then they would say they're upgrading to two terabytes, so you got twice the hard drive size, which that would interest me. You know, from not having to, I mean, I haven't really had to yet, at least install or uninstall games on my Series X, like I did on the. Uh, Xbox One, yeah, that I did all the time. That was a constant battle. Um, but yeah, like, what are your initial thoughts about, like, the way that, like, the look and everything, like, other than the Amazon deal? I don't like it, to be honest. I don't, like, a circle thing is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. But Xboxes have always been pretty, like, a square thing to me, like, rectangular. Um, even the right. new ones don't even really feel like an Xbox so much. It doesn't. Um, it does now, I think what it is is like this kind of minimalist take on it. So yes. it is like a cylinder. It looks, is it as tall as Xbox Series X is currently? So that's one thing that isn't listed is the actual, like you've got the picture, but you don't, it doesn't really tell the size. Because just looking at like the size of the logo and stuff, it feels like it's, so look right. at the USB-C ports on the front. That's what I was going to say is if you compare it to the size of that USB-C port and use that as a judge, it seems like it's about the same size, maybe a little smaller. I think it's a little bit shorter. I think it's yeah. probably a little bit shorter because it doesn't have to take, you don't have to deal with the uh, the disk drive. Like Which, they said. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was thinking is with the squareness of the Xbox Series X that, you know, the depth of it is basically that that size was has to be that depth because it has to be the width of a disk. You know, if you think about it, because mm-hmm. if you take that out, then you're not constrained by that big disk drive, and so you can make it smaller. Um, but someone yeah, was saying I, that it would be awesome if if that was like the size of like a 22 ounce like soda, or something like a little a little smaller kind of thing. That would be pretty sick because you could just tuck that thing anywhere. That would be cool. I think that's the one thing that's nice about the newer, modern, slimmer like consoles is that you're getting these things that kind of fit places, they look better, you know, the wife will let you maybe keep them out and about, right. you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's not ruining the aesthetic of the room. But one of the issues I have is, and 
I've seen this play out before is having owning the actual hard product, you own it. You can do stuff with it. You know, um, everybody that has a Nintendo 64 still can still play their Nintendo 64 and they can still mm. play the games on it. Right. And one of the things I hate is that imagine someone puts up the best game ever and then they have a mental episode and they say something stupid, they get canceled and the game gets canceled, but you like the game, but you don't have a physical copy of the game. Right. Or I think that's many times is a game will be on digital and you'll buy it and then it'll just get delisted off of the store. Yes. And you're like, I can't play the game I paid 60 bucks for. Yes, and I think there has to be some type of recourse for that. I think that has to be looked at with the coming of like no, you know, DVDs and, and Bluetooth. I like or sorry, Blu-rays. I like those. I like owning those copies of things. But of course, I've moved very much so to digital programs yeah. and movies. But I want to be able to watch those or play these games regardless of what a company feels like doing you know right. company can't prevent me from opening my dvd player and putting something in there um mm. and i think that's an issue so hopefully that's something that can be addressed and i imagine there'll be some legal concerns coming out eventually because i've heard of the horror stories of people having stuff that they can't watch anymore they can't play anymore they've purchased these things and now they're gone from the, the stores and um, I think it's going to take some lawsuits to be able to kind of work through this new thing and get some type of, you know, new terms and conditions for these types of right. things. I can see that. Yeah. And I feel kind of the same way that like, I, I don't have any physical media stuff now much because again, it, like it, when it hit the point where you would had the game, the disc and you'd put it in and it would still need a like 20, 30 gig update or like things you had to download, you put the the game, the disc in and then download it to the console. I'm like, well then what's even the point? Yeah, no, for, I think digital media makes a lot of sense. I think it is the way of the future. And, um, you know, I want to see more of that. My only issue is, is that if I have it, I want to own it and I don't want a company to be able to prevent me from playing it. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, that's the, the new console the the brooklyn codename brooklyn interesting um, let's see if there's any other stuff on that no uh so there's a new controller the controller's but... getting a a update um you can tell that they're kind of taking some cues from the playstation 5 controller with like a dual tone sort of thing so like the top half of it is like a glossy white and then the bottom of it is like a sort of textured feel to it Looks like a cow's udders. Well, if it was more pink, maybe. I but some black teats. There is a, you know, they do have the Microsoft like design labs where you can go and cut, make you know, customize your controllers and stuff, and make custom colors and change the button colors and all that sort of stuff. So, if when this comes out, if you want to make a cow udder controller, you go right ahead. It might I be like something it. you do. Um, like, yeah, the, the new controllers, um, they've got, they've got better Bluetooth, which could, uh, again, lead to better, faster syncing with your consoles or, you know, if potentially your phone, if you're doing like a mobile gaming or something. Um, it also has a thing called direct to cloud, which I think was a thing kind of back. If you remember the Google Stadia, which was kind of a failed console thing from a number of years ago, but the console, I mean, the controller has a direct to cloud connection. So if you're doing cloud gaming, like you're streaming from your Xbox onto your phone or something, the controller connects directly to the cloud, which would in theory reduce latency a good bit. That's good. Yeah. Re reduce like input time and all that. Right. So in theory, you know, if you're playing, you know, uh, remotely through the Xbox app on your phone or a tablet or something, then it would feel just like you were playing on the console. Which that would be pretty cool, and I would be all about that. Um, let's see. Yeah, somebody, you know, like right now I use GE Force now a lot for where my comp my lap, my PC gaming. Um, but I, I very rarely have I noticed some latency issues with it. But for the most part, you know, um, 
even right now, just like even with my wireless mouse, I don't have a whole lot of issue with my input. Mm. Right. So, And I think there definitely, there's still some room for improvement, but I definitely think the whole world of stream gaming is going to really expand over the next number of years where you don't even have to download any games anymore. Yeah. They're all just stored somewhere else. As long as you have a decent internet connection, you just connect and play remotely. Yeah. And I, it's been working great for me with the exception of, you know, uh, when there's a game I like to play called Warno and um, it's a strategy game. It's, I'm not good at it, but I play it. And for my buddies were trying to play and GE Force had not updated it. Even so, a simple update that would have taken me like you know thirty minutes to do, because it wasn't like it's not the most popular game. It took four or five days to get oh, done. Oh no! And I made a ticket request, and then, then like the next day, I tried to play. It was on there, so I don't know if that. You're the anything. one who pushed it over the edge. Maybe. Okay, we got a rogue request for some like little game. What is this game? Yeah. I don't know. Just update it. Open Steam. Um, but it, it says here too that there's like it, the controller has like seamless pair and switch so you can manage devices. So you might be able to have the controller just connect. Like you could have it connected to your phone and your Xbox and your computer and just switch in between them when you need. Like if you just want to use your Xbox controller on like a Steam game, you could just instantly switch it and be ready to go. So that would be pretty cool. I would definitely use that. Um, one thing that the Xbox controller has desperately needed and PlayStation has been way ahead of for a long time is rechargeable batteries mm, Yeah. in the controller, a rechargeable and swappable battery. So no more like swapping out AA batteries, you know, a thousand times in a month for your Xbox controllers. It's got a rechargeable battery. So that's awesome. Um, they also apparently has like quieter buttons and sticks and things, and things are just like smoother. Um, it has an accelerometer in it as well. Not, I think a lot, um, a lot of that re- relates to similar to the PlayStation with Dual Sense controllers. Is you can have that better haptic feedback in like the triggers and in the controller and stuff. And so even like that, things will change depending on how hard you press the triggers and, and stuff. Mm. Um. So there'll be a, it'll be a basically a lot more immersive controller that you know will have a lot more feedback as to things you're doing in the game. So that'll be pretty cool. I'm excited about that. And it says on here same ergonomics as Merlin, which I think was a code name for the uh, the Elite controller. Was it the Elite controllers or whatever? The, like the ones with like the paddles and all that. Uh, Elite, stuff. yeah, the like ones the pro, where you could like the, yeah pro controllers and stuff. Pro controllers and Nintendo. Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. 2028. All right. I was one yeah. year off with my Elder Scrolls thing. <laughs> right. But <laughs> yeah, they go into basically like it was kind of their timeline for how they were going to operate things like going forward and stuff. Um, but they were the leaked document states their ultimate goal is to develop a next-generation hybrid game platform capable of leveraging the combined power of the client and cloud to deliver deeper immersion and entirely new classes of game experience. So that right there kind of relates to what I was just saying about cloud gaming and that that will probably be a much higher uh, utilized service. Yeah, cloud gaming definitely seems like it's going to be the future. Right. And so, like, and that's kind of saying that, like, their next gen console, you know, if what we have now is current gen, and the next next gen would probably be around twenty twenty eight. So, still a ways out. Um, but in that there was a like a bunch of Bethesda because Microsoft, you know, bought Zenimax Studios and Bethesda. There was a bunch of game leak info in there as well. Um. They basically it outlined their roadmap through fiscal year 2024. <laughs> so along games we know of, like the Indiana Jones game, the list also includes several codename projects, such as remasters of the Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion and Fallout 3. Oh, geez. Yeah, so and a remaster of both of those games, it, 
well, and that's one thing I heard, a discussion I heard was, like, now, I don't know if it was such a thing then, but now there's a, a big difference between remaster and remake. So a remaster oftentimes is, you know, it's got updated, you know, textures and, you know, may run at 60 frames or a higher resolution. But ultimately, a lot of the assets and, and the gameplay and other things are still the same. They've just been, like it says, remastered a little bit. Unlike a remake where everything is built from the ground up on current engine tech, on yeah. current game engines. And I don't know if at that time in 2020, if... The, that those terms were kind of synonymous or if like they they each were kind of separated at that time because that was before a lot of the like resident evil remakes and the last of his remakes and all that stuff because a remaster of elder scrolls or uh, elder scrolls 4 or fallout 3 i don't know would necessarily do that great they would sell some but i don't think it would be really a big deal but if they were remakes especially elder scrolls 4 if it was a remake on the Starfield engine, the new, like, four Xbox Series X engine that Starfield uses, that could be pretty awesome. I feel like that would be my opportunity to actually play that, because I never played that Elder Scrolls four. And so, if it was, like, in the, the Starfield engine, like, you know, fresh, modern, updated, I'd probably play it then. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, that's... That would be interesting to see, like especially some of the older ones that, like I also haven't played. Um, I don't know that remakes are always the best. Like I don't feel like that's going to make a lot of money. So still, though, um, I mean, if anything, they should just do like they should just do uh, another release of Skyrim. (laughs) (laughs) They haven't had any of those. No, we haven't had any of those. I don't know. It's just one of those things where, like just keep pumping out for it. Hopefully elder scroll six is worth the wait, but you know, we've talked last episode about some of the issues that Starfield has had. And, you know, even when I'm scrolling now, so when I scrolled for like people playing Baldur's gate, it was always like really interesting, crazy things or whatever. It was never bugs. Mm. When it's, even when it first came out now, when I'm scrolling, I see guys on there. They're like, it's just all bugs that are happening on Twitch streams. And that like, that's the gist, like the most of it. I mean, they're having fun. They like the game, but I don't know. Like that's the like meme content that's going around is related to bugs in the game. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to Baldur's Gate where the memes are just based on, you know, the actual interesting characters and, and things being put in meme situations and stuff. Um, so in addition to that, they also had a, a couple other ones, a Ghostwire Tokyo sequel, which uh, it's kind of surprising that that's even a thing. Um, something called Doom Year Zero, so which sounds like a Doom prequel. Huh. Um, yeah, just not sure what that's about. I haven't really played any of the Doom games, but you know, it'll be interesting just to see that. And then Dishonored 3, which I would be excited for Dishonored 3. I, I really liked the Dishonored games. Um, they were kind of like a fresh take on, they're one of the few that kind of really feel that stealth gameplay that I, you know, haven't really had much since like Splinter Cell. My wife liked watching me play the first one for some reason. Mm. I don't know why. I think it was because I carried the heads around to people like decapitated. Just like hover them in the air and think I would throw them at people. Yeah. That's the thing you can do. Um, but another document in there confirmed that Elder Scrolls Six won't launch until at least 2026. Elder Scrolls Six won't launch till 2026. Yeah, I was one year off. Exactly what I'm saying. Making, that is hilarious. That is so long. You know, I think that's one of the problems with the big these big AAA game developers is they have so many things in the work. They really just need to split them up more i don't know like how hard is it going to be to trans like so that's two years away from a brand new xbox it's mm-hmm. like the end you know i would rather it be a launch game for the new xbox honestly well, and, and it probably that's what i'm saying if the new xbox comes out 2020 and again some of these dates might have changed so it could be this be a launch title with the new xbox potentially 
Um, but another thing in this regarding that, that it also said it can confirm in the Elder Scrolls 6 won't, it will be an Xbox exclusive. It won't be on PlayStation. Which makes sense because they bought them. That's a big W for, I mean, for Xbox. No I mean, kidding. It's such like, a beloved game. I mean, that's going to be probably one of the biggest, best, or at least one of the biggest Xbox exclusives since, like, the early Halos. The Halo, yeah, exactly. Which is like 20-something years. So, that I think when we get there in a number of years, if the world still exists in 2026, then as far as game stuff goes, that's going to be a big deal. Thankfully, you know, we here at Geek ETC primarily live in the Xbox PC world. So, yeah, we'll play it, I'm sure. But I'll go ahead and say now, my prediction is it won't have co-op. Oh, you know it's not going to have co-op. Because it's a freaking Bethesda RPG thing, like where you get immersed in your own world by yourself in a loneliness because they should have been working on this game. I mean, I know Starfield was what they were like really focusing on forever, but the Elder Scrolls 6 is like the thing that everybody's looking forward to and um coming from Bethesda. Like if anybody was like to say, "Well, if I could have just have one more Bethesda game, what would it be?" Everybody's going to want the Elder Scrolls 6. And I would hope now that they see like with Baldur's Gate and these other games like how much fun people are having. You playing know, together, playing together in a co-op setting, but I, I don't think they can handle it. I don't think they can do it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, there was there was another thing which like you had mentioned. Uh, there was a, something talking about Microsoft considering acquiring Nintendo and Warner Brothers Interactive. Oh, geez. Yeah. So. I don't I don't have any idea what that would even look like if Microsoft bought Nintendo. I mean, it potentially could well, I guess that's technically uh I was going to say like thinking about the Pokemon games if they made like a Xbox quality level like high-end Pokemon game or something, that would be pretty sick. But that's kind of owned by like the the Pokemon company and stuff, so I don't know if uh that would be a property or not, but it would be it'd be wild to have like a uh, Super Smash Brothers would, with with exclusive Xbox characters like have Master we would, Chief. Oh, Master Chief would be in Super Smash Brothers for sure. What would be some other Xbox characters that if they made that merge that would be in a Super Smash Brothers? Wasn't wasn't Commander wasn't Mass Effect originally a Xbox exclusive? The first one, yeah, the but yeah, it was. One. Yeah, so yeah, I could see Commander Ship. I'd, I'd, I'd be going to have Fem Ship on there. Fem Ship or uh, Rex. I almost said Rogan, but yeah, the Krogan Rex <laughs> would be Krogan. Cool. He would be a, he would be awesome to have on there. Garrus, my boys, the, the Joe Krogan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a thing. I'm gonna tell you about the Genophage. <laughs> Making us all sterile. Solarians put some stuff in the water, making the crocodiles not have babies. <laughs> oh my god! Deep cut for you guys. Yes, for, for anybody that played Mass Effect. Uh, but yeah, that'd be cool. Have one of them on there. Um, let's see. You would just have a car from Forza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just drives around running over people. <laughs> Oh, like the little intro thing. Yeah. Like, cause I, my favorite map was from the original Super Smash Brothers was like Star Fox's ship. And I'm just, imagining yeah. the, I'm just imagining the intro scene where you just see it come in there and it just runs everyone over and <laughs> just driving back and forth as a Bugatti yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, isn't there like a meme about like a Bugatti? I mean, there's probably sound, Bugatti. There's memes. a TikTok sound, like a Bugatti TikTok sound thing. That oh. there's a song called "Woke Up in a Bugatti." Or oh, that's it. That's Bugatti. it. That's it. That's a hundred percent it. Yeah, that would definitely Even, be a thing. Well, you know, with Bethesda being owned by Microsoft, you could have like the the oh. atypical uh, uh, 
um, whatchamacallit, the atypical dragonborn from yeah, like, have the dragon released with that stupid horned helmet on and like the studded leather yep. armor. Yeah, like that. Yeah, the, it, the 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 pinnacle of of what the dragonborn looks like and all the marketing stuff is like the the worst iron armor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All of it's like the worst armor in the game. But yeah, you'd totally have a dragonborn in there. That'd be neat. Or it's just like rail off of Riverwood. <laughs> it's not even the Dragonborn. <laughs> yeah, that's they're just Alvor or something. Um, yeah. So that was pretty much most of the big uh, leaks from that. So that there's a, a lot of stuff in there. Uh, definitely some interesting things. Yeah. Again, not a, not a huge fan of the con- look of the console, but we'll see. See where it goes. Should be a pyramid. Ooh. But then people would just claim that it's some kind of Illuminati device that's going to brainwash you. So, um, in other news, um, and this is the news that you normally like to bring up, did you see the thing from Mexico, the Mexican Senate thing? The little uh, supposed alien bodies that they revealed? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I guess we haven't talked about that since our, our last show. Yeah, I just so while we were recording, I just posted the new the news. So this is this is hot off the press is 45 minutes ago. You ready for it? Controversial 1000-year-old alien bodies, quote this is in quotation marks that were recently presented in Mexico to the government have now been passed through lab tests, reports Zero News. The investigation found that the mummies were recently made they were created from animal and human bones joined together with synthetic glue. The bones in turn were covered with a mixture of plant fibers and synthetic glue to simulate skin. And the report from the Institute of Legal Medicine uh, said the report from the Institute of Legal Medicine for Forensic Science in Peru. So, Really? That just came out? That just came out. That's strange because they, just... ha- they had a, two days ago, they did a live stream where they live streamed tests on those bodies. They did x-rays and like CT scans and MRIs and all that stuff. And they were saying like the doctors and scientists in the live stream said at that time while they're doing the tests that their determination was that the skeletal structures weren't made up of multiple parts and that they were a cohesive, that it was a a single skeleton and that it wasn't man-made. So everything that they said was complete opposite of that, like in every way. And that was just two days ago. Yeah. Huh. So, really, I know that the guy that presented it at Congress, apparently, or to their Congress, I don't know what, I don't know what the Mexican Congress is. Their government of oh, some kind. Their government, their Senate, their, you know, whatever. Um, that guy had been, like, caught faking stuff before. So. Well, when he, when he initially revealed these bodies in 2017... I mean, mm-hmm. These things were first shown back then. People said that they debunked them as as man made, citing you know the same thing that it was small animal parts and all that sort of stuff. That's what they said back then. I um, mean, I when I watched, I watched it in depth. I watched it translated. Some of the doctors they had on there. Now it's hard for me to tell because it's in another language, right? right? And I don't want to be dis. I think I have like a where I'm. I'm automatically not dismissive because I'm like, I don't want to be dismissive of doctors from another country just because I don't speak the language. Like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. I think I had that bias going in. However, when I watched everything, I was like, oh, this seems like really weird. Like, I mean, the the mummies look stupid, but, uh, you know, but then like when I saw them moving them around, I was like, okay, that looks super, that looks a little... It looks Real like weird. a little. It looks a little too paper mache, in a way. Very much paper mache. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't like again. So it seems that there's very conflicting uh, analyzations of these things. Um, I, who knows? You know, maybe we'll hear more in the coming days or weeks. But like for a moment, like again, even if it is fake, like. It, it re- I was telling somebody the other day that it really reminds me of something we talked about a, on a number of shows ago with that fake Bigfoot capture that ha- that we saw like a number of years ago, those two cops or whatever. 
Like yeah. it feels very similar kind of thing. Like we finally have them and here mm-hmm. they are. Yep. And then you're like, I mean, I want to be excited. You're showing me something I've been waiting for my whole life. Like I really want to be excited, but it's sure hard to be excited about this. Cause I don't, I don't trust anything anymore. So I don't know. It, it, it was interesting to see, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced of anything yet. So at least regarding the, those Peru mummies. But yeah, that, that, that was a wild one. That was wild. Yeah. I just saw it. It's literally as we were talking and we were talking about the thing I posted it on our, our geeky DC uh, Instagram. I posted nice. it in our stories. So that's on there. Um, I mentioned Warno earlier. It's so, uh, oh yeah, you've been just, talking about this game a number of uh, for a little bit here, and like I had never heard of it. Or, and you like just you uh, showed me a little bit of it earlier. It looked really interesting, but uh, yeah, it's, tell me it's about by that. Eugen, like E U G E N Studios, um, and it's just such a. I had never played this kind of strategy game that didn't necessarily have a ongoing campaign type thing where it was just battles for the most part but it's just a neat mm. so it's 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 a cold war era like 19 late 1980s um division building game that you then fight the like military divisions against each other so there's like kind of a nato forces and kind of like a communist forces and there are different divisions, just like, you know, in the United States, we have like the 82nd Airborne, the 101st Airborne, the 3rd Armored Division, you know, the 3rd Infantry Division. You have those divisions, and they have French ones and British ones and Russian ones and German, like East and West Germans. And each of those divisions has different units that they can have, and some of them have like units that are the same across a couple different divisions, like basic infantry and things, but... You build these decks of infantry based on, you know, there's like a a cruel rate for different, you know, for, for armored division, you can't have as many infantry and the infantry costs more to put in your deck than adding tanks would, for example, but you typically get less tanks per card um, than you would infantry. And you go in, it's a huge map, but you can be all the way zoomed out and then you can zoom all the way, like you can zoom all the way in and watch the combat happening on the ground. But and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful game. It's just, it's hard to like get down there because it's such a hectic thing. And so I've been playing that some, playing some 10 on 10s, uh, 10 versus 10s. We played a three versus three last night where we got stomped. But fun game. If you're into strategy games, definitely check it out. But it's, I guess, Steel Division 2 and Steel Division 1, Eugen has also made. And I think this game was also based on another one called, I think it was Project Red Dragon or Project. I think it was Project Red Dragon, um, which was another, I think, an earlier predecessor to this Warno game. But uh, it's been really fun. It's one of those games where I've actually had to, like, go to boot camp for it. Like, I'm having to learn. Like, I'm I'm watching YouTube videos on how to do things, and that's kind of fun. Like, I'm having to watch YouTube videos on, like, quick buttons and, like... How to best deploy troops to the front and that kind so of thing. You're actually having to like do the modern version of the old strategy guide. Yeah, exactly. Kind of yeah. Thing. It's been it's been a while since I've had to do that for a game. That it's yeah. really, I've had to like look up like, all right, how do I actually do this? Because I mean most multiplayer games I feel like I do okay at. Even like the the Ro- like for strategy games, like even Total War Rome 2, where I would fight battles, I, f- I had fought some multiplayer games then. And even the ones I lost, I didn't feel bad about. But there are some games online with Warno where I just get trashed. And, you know, it made me feel better because the guys that I'm playing with are are higher level than me. And they're my buddies. And so they don't care. But we played a 3v3 last night against people with comparable levels. And they smashed us. Um, You know, about the 30-minute mark, we're like, okay, we should probably just surrender. You know, like we're getting... They've got mm. it, and one of my buddies was running out of units, and I had still plenty of units left, but man, I was like, how do they have so many soldiers to keep throwing into this? Like, we've killed so many of them, and they keep gaining ground, and it's just such a... It, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot, It's also one of those games where I found that, like, communication is really important, but really hard to do, because you're so focused 
on putting a single tank or an infantry squad in, this, in like the best possible spot uh, in your assigned area of the, you know, wherever you like you amongst your friends have decided like, Hey, you hold the right flank. I'll hold the mm-hmm. center. And that sometimes you guys don't even talk, you know, or you'd be like, Hey, Oh, I'm, I need some help with helicopters over here. But right. that's about it. But it's, it's definitely like a fast paced, really interesting strategy game. And if you're into that kind of thing, or you like steel division, um, definitely try out Warno. Yeah. How long do the, uh, like the matches usually run? I think there's, I think like typical multiplayer, like the standard is 30 minutes or until somebody gets all the, you know, enough points to win. Okay. So whoever has the most points at the end of 30. Not quite as long as a squad game. No, not quite. Well, I, we, we play primarily invasion with squad, you know, so invasion, if you don't take the first point, it's usually a pretty short game. That's true. I could, a squad really could be like short or it can go for a while. Yeah. If you play out an invasion game and people are doing really well, managing their tickets and you're fighting on there. I, I played one last night, um, with my buddy Ethan and, um, we were asking the same thing. We're like, how do they have so many tickets? Cause the, it was the U S army attacking the, um, irregular guys, which are kind of like the Chechens, like attacking regular militia. And the Chechens kind of have all these like gimmicky weapons and, um, you know, they're not the best equipped, but they were fun to play. And we had a, a recoilless rifle truck that we were on and the U S army was attacking a tunnel system. And so we were actually far away, just lobbing these explosive rounds into the area where they were attacking the tunnels. Cause they couldn't just enter the tunnels cause they were trying to get in there and they're smoking it and we're killing them. We're just, we're sending them over there. We're killing them so much so that they were sending like entire squads over to handle us. And then we were having to spawn back and get back on our truck and like, you know, start shooting again. Jeez. But it took way longer than I would have thought. Like they did a really good job managing their tickets for as many kills as we got. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Like the little bit that you showed me of it, it, it like I, I've, I've loved our, uh, the, the time we were playing back in, you mentioned earlier, total war Rome two. Like, yeah, I really enjoyed that again. I'd like to maybe dip back into that again at some point, but I would um, too. That, that was, go ahead. I was just going to say I, my Baldur's gate, uh, my Baldur's Gate 3 save files are too big. I can't download it right now. And Rome Total War is not on GE Force now. So that's been like kind of an annoying thing for me. We got to get you a bigger hard drive or something or bigger computer for gaming. I love like having to. I just need more hard drive. Yeah, you just need more hard drive space. That sucks. But, Somebody uh, can figure that out for me. Let me know. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, like that one, it definitely. I was kind of always hesitant to play all those games because they just look so... There's so much system management in it that it just looks so overwhelming. And the little bit you showed me of that one, like even having played Total War and kind of understood some of the management in that, like this one, it looks like there's just so much stuff. There is there is so much stuff, but it's... Once you get into it, like once obviously it's just like playing Monopoly, you know, for the first time. Um if you were just to like read the rule book of monopoly and just hint and like, okay, it seems like a lot of things going on, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you're like playing rules as written um, or that kind of thing. But once you're actually playing it, you're able to kind of like, especially with somebody else, if you're playing a multiplayer game with your buddy against the computer, the computer forces, it's pretty easy to be like, okay, Hey, this is what you should do. You know, put your anti-aircraft guns yeah. here. Put your tank here. You know, you got to use recon to kind of scout out. I feel like that's kind of the the stuff. best way to get into those uh, strategy games like that is to have a mentor of sorts, like you did yeah. with me with Total War. Like, you, like someone who's like, I, I know how to play it. I know what they're, you know, they know what they're doing, and they can just kind of guide you through it. Well, and Rome, Rome Two is nice as well because. Not only that, but you could I could set you up with a faction where you still felt like you were having fun, but like you know, you liked playing with the Spartans, right? And the Spartans have spears, and they're not a very offensive force that requires a lot of micromanagement. 
And that's something right, you kind I of set like, up your line and then just hold. Yeah, with a little bit of flanking here and there. Where I like, I really love ca- like swords, spears, and I love cavalry. And so I like, I like using cavalry. And that's that's one of those right. things. If you're not microing your cavalry in those kind of games, then you're you're losing them quick, and they're a really important thing. To have. Yeah, the ca- the cavalry can can really kind of chain turn the tide on some of those things fairly quickly too. So you, being able to manage them well is helpful. And then you've got games like, you know, Crusader Kings 3, Crusader Kings 2, uh, some of the other um, uh, Paradox, I think it's Paradox Interactive um, games. Like Stellaris is one, but I don't put Stellaris in the same mm-hmm. realm as those. Another one that There's... I would like to get into, oh, but it, yeah. talk about overwhelming, that one just, it scared me away. <laughs> Less another one. I think we should just play together. Honestly, it's on GE Force now. I think that would be a blast to get into yeah. a a game, especially with a couple other guys too. Like, because you could have a you could have a campaign um, with more than two people on that versus AI forces or whatever. But like Crusader Kings Three, for example, is mostly just like a family simulator. Like, it's a lot of decisions, a lot of incest if you want to do that. But there's Ew. um. <laughs> there's there's some interesting like uh achievements you can get for like um i think there's like one for like having like a really messed up child like because you'll get like genetic defects from it oh geez and so like which is like classic medieval stuff but like crusader kings 3 was a lot of fun and i ha- i enjoyed it you know i created my own family and put them you know i'm in there but that game is something that like even for me as a strategy guy it took me a second to figure that out because you know it's more of like a big decision maker and little decision maker thing than it is like a a, a map painter like rome total war 2 is kind of a map painter where you take over all these places and you turn them into your color essentially you know where you're where you grow your empire and crusader kings 3 is like well grow your empire yeah but you know, you start, you can start out as lowly as like a, just a baron and have like a very small county and have like no money incoming. And you have to, when you do send soldiers out, they just attack each other. Or there's no real animations for it. And you don't get to decide, like you don't have any personal say in the winner losing part. Now there has been an interesting um, mod that came out with Crusader Kings three, where they took banner Lord Right, so Mountain Blade Bannerlord, and if you you have the you have to have both games downloaded, but the battle will actually turn into a Mountain Blade ba- Bannerlord game, and you'll get to go in and actually lead your soldiers. Oh my gosh, and have that's like crazy. Things. That is cool, and I think people need to understand that we people would love that kind of thing because you know um, when you look at when you think about strategy games, I think that's the, you have like your big 4x games like you know your stellaris and those games so you have your crusader playing, kings you have your warno you're playing total war rome 2 and then you like go into a battle in greece and then it just like transitions and you're playing assassin's creed odyssey yeah exactly <laughs> exactly uh which i think that's an awesome thing to have i think it would be neat to have some type of strategy game that you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a bunch of different types of strategy games, like, you know, a real-time strategy, you know, I would say Warno is a real-time strategy game. I say there's definitely 4X games where, like, there's much broader, you know, things going on than just taking places over, like your Crusader Kings or Stellaris, where you have to think about empire management. And then you have things like Command and Conquer or Age of Empires, where you are single units fighting each other at a time, you know, um, base building, those are a lot of fun. I think something that can mix all of those would be nice. Now, with that said, Squad has a mod that they've been working on and doing where it is actually the commander of the game. So you load into that mod server, you they actually base build like overhead, like a command and conquer game and then they buy units and then you are the individual players are in the units so it's almost like you get to play command and conquer as one of the guys and that's kind of an interesting thing as well but 
I don't know. I like strategy games a lot. I wish I was better at most of them, but they are something, especially when you can put like your own personal touch on things. Like I like Stellaris, you know, you can write an entire backstory on your alien race that you create that nobody else cares about. Um, but I like that they did that. And yeah, I think, I think Stellaris would be a fun game for us to play together. We might have to check that out after I get back from Japan. I think, Oh, not much longer, right? Yeah, like uh, this time next month we'll be there. Oh man, yeah, we we need to start recording some get, short sessions. Yeah, agreed. We need to get some some in the bank. Next week seems like we're gonna have to to get the bank up. Um, yeah, man, that's so exciting. I'm so excited for you. I know you've been dreaming of this forever. I'm glad that you guys are, you and your wife are really um, able to do it. We've talked about it a bunch, but it's a huge deal for us. You know, it's a huge deal for yeah. me. I mean, it, and... it's one of the biggest, mo- it's going to be one of the biggest defining moments of, in my life, honestly. Oh, it's yeah. been a bucket list thing my entire life. Even outside of it being our honeymoon and just being like the longest vacation I've ever had, just, just going there in general is something that I want to do forever. So I'm... I'm very excited. Starting to get in that nervous phase a little bit, which is understandable. But, uh, yeah, my wife actually just told me she just got a couple more tickets today for some different uh, attractions and things that we were going to go see. Oh. So for one of the aquariums at the Tokyo Sky Tree. That's so that's so pretty cool. It's going to be a little nerve-wracking in the Sky Tree because the lowest or the lower platform is 350 meters in the air. And I don't do great with heights again they get some vertigo so <laughs> it's i'm gonna have to have some my palms are sweaty gonna i'm gonna have some mom spaghetti going up in that tower for sure <laughs> and the taller tower which we're also doing is 450 meters so outside of a like outside of an airplane that'll be like the highest you know point i've ever been probably like in a structure well this will be also the biggest city you've just ever been in. I mean, not oh, Tokyo is the biggest city I mean, it's in like the world, it, obviously. It's the, but... it's the biggest city in the world, so, yeah. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, like, you've not been to... Have you ever been to New York City or Chicago the, or Los The biggest Angeles? one I went to was... I went to Seattle for a music festival. Seattle's big, that, yeah. Okay. That's a, a fairly decent... a fairly big city, so... I, I drove through Atlanta, so... I fought in Atlanta a couple times. Hmm. Sanctioned or unsanctioned? <laughs> uh, we don't talk about that. <laughs> ah, the statute of limitations isn't isn't over yet. I, um, I see what you're saying. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think that's one of those. Things, like, obviously, like it's usually what between Tokyo, Mexico City, and like mm-hmm. Delhi Forget. and yeah. New York there's City that, for like biggest cities. Th- there's like, like the most one, populous. One in, I don't know if like Hong Kong or there's like, I think there's one in China too. Or maybe they're India or something. We said New Delhi. But uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm really looking forward to those. You know, being a, you know, accountant, accountant, no, I'm, not, I'm definitely not an accountant, being a country mountain boy for most of my life. You know, it's, it's, I'm really looking forward to those like big city vibes. Oh, yeah. Like walking downtown, walking through the streets at night. Like when it's the stars are out and there's like but it's what's, still lively and active. What's your? Have you got your soundtrack ready yet? You got like oh. a Blade Runner soundtrack or something going on? Of course. Good. Okay, that'd be playing a lot of the the Midnight Gunship, uh, FM eighty four. Uh, got a few things lined up. You got to make I, at I, least one friend there that we can that we can have on the show. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Like I'm looking forward to the time when I can be on a rooftop of a building, like kind of like just leaning on like the edge of the rooftop, listening to the city sounds while I have like the midnight or something like playing in my headphones and just like looking out over the city. Gonna be gonna be awesome. That'll be nice. Um, that will be really nice. One other, uh, I guess, just another little unrelated thing, but I just wanted to tell you, and you're here, so I figured I would tell you. Um, the patch three comes out for Baldur's Gate tomorrow. 
Ooh, do we have any idea what's going to be on that? They said it's going to be a pretty big one. Um, but the the main the only really thing they've told from it is there's a new item in your camp called the magic mirror. Oh, where you can adjust your your appearance. They you can you can change your appearance and your voice and all that stuff. You can't change your race or body type. And you can't alter the uh, origin characters stuff. They spec they specified they're all very particular about their hair. So you can't change your like companions, but like there's a lot of people talking about that. You know they made their initial character and then halfway through Act One they realize like whatever hairstyle they chose is just kind of stupid, or they're like bald and they didn't mean to be. I and don't so, mind. I don't mind people doing like changing their hair. But yeah, if if you were able to change your race or something like that, that would kind of take. It could get a little funky. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't even love being able to change your stats necessarily. But I don't mind. That. I think that's fun. I think it is too. But I think I, it'd be nice if, like, on tactician, maybe you couldn't. You know, I could, I could, I could totally be fine if if that was just a a setting you could turn off. Or, or like if you're on the hard difficulty, it didn't allow for that. Or, or like some kind of, you know, equivalent of like a survival mode or something. It just gets to like, like you and I are not metagamers at all in real Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Um, I don't think so, at least. Like I don't, like I, uh, the game that I play in on Fridays, every other Friday, I am, you know, an Air Genasi wizard who uses a lot of like, you know, air style spells like you know i don't have fireball i have lightning yeah ball, right and i remember <laughs> we were playing the game and and the guys were like um somebody said without knowing because it was the first like one big combat encounter we got into he's like who takes lightning bolt and then my, <laughs> i was literally next and i was like i clicked the button on roll 20 for lightning <laughs> bolt. I like I, I do because i'm not metagaming <laughs> Because my character wouldn't have fireball, yeah, really. you know, not right now at least. And so right. it's just one of those things. But like, I know you've changed your stats a couple times. I really just but, and a lot of that is just like it's my first time, you know, playing through on True. this class, and I just want to see what else they can do. True, and I get that a hundred percent from a just fun gameplay thing. Like I just want to play the different subclasses, and like I, I stayed within the same class, you know, stayed as a monk, but you know, checking out the different subclasses. Yeah, which is cool. It is a great game. We've had um, but, a lot of good games lately. Yeah, I sent this. Uh, I sent the picture of the with them talking about the magic mirror to my wife, and then she was just like in all caps, just like, "Oh my gosh!" She's like, "That fixes all my problems." So, because like she has two kind of characters, she was playing, and, and like she wasn't necessarily happy with one of the one of the like visual uh, things she did with her uh, one of her characters and stuff, and so like she was even like debating maybe like changing like restarting some things or this or that but she's like oh yeah now i can just fix it all so that's awesome and so we were talking about she's pro she might it's been a little while but i think she might dive back into it this weekend and continue her quest which i'm excited to watch because i like watching her play it it's a fun game to watch honestly yeah oh yeah it's a good game to watch um yeah man what a fun time what a fun time to be alive awesome it is a fun games, time awesome fun things to do Podcast maybe aliens <laughs> maybe yeah maybe 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 not we'll see but yeah a lot of good stuff oh i did want to tell you this is also a thing this is also just uh, josh and john news um for you is that ben one of our guests who's been on the show is and um whose page is sci-fi or die um he does like a lot of kit bashing model stuff he is coming back to North Carolina, I think, later in the year, or in sorry, like fall, like I think the spring or summer. And oh, like next year. Yeah, I think he wants to commission us doing a. Um, I think he wants to commission us going to Brown Mountain Lights and doing like really doing an investigation on it, like having people on the other beaches and doing all that. So I think that'll be fun. Speaking of like which, our first EQTC documentary. That would be, I'm all down for that. that, that that'll happen. Alrighty, I think with that, we will call it, call it a close for today. Yep, thanks for chatting with us. Thanks for hanging around while we chat. 
and uh, listening to me ramble about Warno and hearing the leaks from Microsoft. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, it is this is like the busiest couple months that Josh and I have. So yeah, have right. Have been, we've been really busy IRL in real life, and so just thanks for sticking with us, and we appreciate you guys. Oh yeah. They'll definitely be, uh, especially when I get back from Japan, you know, we will have the holidays, so things might be a little tricky with that, but uh, definitely I know, you know, after the first year, then uh, we'll have a lot more things coming to fruition. So looking forward to all that. Um, But yeah, if you are interested in more, go check us out on all the social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. You can uh, find us at GeekETC Podcast. You can search that in YouTube as well and find our channel. Listen to the podcast there. Uh, check out our posts on Instagram. Um, and if you enjoyed what you hear and you want to help, you know, support this show, you know, and, and help us continue doing what you're doing, you can head over to patreon.com slash podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can join there and become part of the crew. And uh, with a certain tiers, you can also get access to our um patreon or a patreon our discord server that we have if geek etc discord you can go on there and chat with us there and talk about a bunch of different geeky topics and that's where you know you can get some uh, updates some uh, heads up on some updates of things we're working on yep and just general news and, and and fun stuff that we post in the different uh categories that we have so yeah Alrighty. well the geeks fight better together they do, whether it be in Warno or in legal battles with Microsoft. But either way, whatever you do in life, always remember to keep geeking out.